0: Hello and welcome to Beers Without Frontiers episode 35 Today I'm joined by Vicky Hello And we have a guest Uh, Welcome to James Buxton from Thornbridge Hello Thanks for joining us Thanks for joining us via the wonders of Zoom As we're still Glad to be here (laughs) (laughs) Right, so (laughs) without further ado um, we've got some Thornbridge beers lined up for this show and the first one is uh, in a bottle and it's called Late Star and it's bottle conditioned, uh, 6% and ESB, which is quite a traditional style, isn't it? So, it is, um, it is, yeah. So where where does where does this um, sit in the Thornbridge range and was it uh, also going to be a cask beer? Uh
1: so it was originally brewed um, quite a few years ago um, as part of the cask range. And I'm sure we did a keg at some point. But basically, it's a classic ESB that was inspired by Fuller's. Um, obviously, the only difference is with this one, releasing it in bottle, is we bottle conditioned it... Um, just to give you the closest cask experience as possible because we decided to do this range during the whole covid lockdown where we couldn't buy or sell cask so um this is something that we did to try and give you a little bit of cask at home and um one of my favorite things about this beer is actually the name late star i don't know if you want me to tell you a bit of a little short short tale about that but no basically um This was brewed for the um, 125th anniversary for the Sheffield Star. And um, that is the local Sheffield newspaper. And they used to release two a day, um, one in the morning and one in the afternoon. And so in the afternoon, like around town, you used to hear people shout, late star, late star, sort of thing. Um, Um, And I just thought that was really, really cool. And it was actually named by my old boss, um, Stacy, who's the loveliest person ever, and yeah, I just think it's an absolutely fantastic name. Yeah,
2: yeah,
0: yeah, that's great. Gives it, it gives a some, real uh, meaning. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's dig in. Let's have a little yeah. taste of this and uh, see what we get.
2: Well, definitely on the nose. You're you're right on the whole smelling like like cask. That is.
1: It does. It yeah. really does. Doesn't yeah. It?
0: Traditional multi. Yeah. Full
2: bodied. If you'd have just handed that to me, and uh, if I'd have. I'd... I've had a, If you could have kept cask in the house and you'd have <laughs> been like, oh, where have you got that from then? I wouldn't have No, this is it. And I, I
0: totally get the whole thing about, you know, for most of the last year, nobody's been able to drink any cask beer. So to get something like this, which is, you know, like you're saying, your bottle conditioned beer is kind of pseudo yeah. cask in a way, isn't it? It's got the lower carbonation and.
1: Yeah, alcohol. it's about as close as you're going to get. Absolutely. um so obviously you don't realise until it's gone how much you miss cask. I mean, I've never been a huge cask drinker, but because um, obviously the majority of packaged beer you can buy is in a standard bottle or can, you know... You don't really get that experience. And most cask styles, like standard like bitters and, and gold nails, don't necessarily come in like your 440 cans from your big well-known breweries. I mean, there are like a few like miles and bitters that have just started to come in, like on the back end, um of sort of recent cask times, but it's something that you really, really do do miss, you know. Yeah,
0: it's it's one of them classic things, isn't it? You kind of just uh you don't know what you got till it's gone, as they say. Um, and so the minute you then get told, oh well, you can't have cask beer, you are like, and, and "I want is, it now!" <laughs> exactly. And it is that one thing in the pub that you can't replicate at home, really. You know, unless you are no, a home you brewer. Absolutely
2: can't. It, it, so. it has been one of the uh, the themes of the last twelve months, hasn't it, it has, yeah, <laughs> beery yeah. friends? It's just been like, oh yeah, when can, can we go and get a pint yeah. of cask somewhere? And yeah. Uh, yeah,
0: but this is this is delicious, and it's you know it's it's got all of those kind of just it's the the multi backbone of it and the kind of just it's comforting i think actually and it maybe is, that's it's nostalgic
1: possibly um it's like i think i think anything that's got that like marmalade sort of caramelly like edge to it um is like automatically warm is it and yeah. isn't it sorry it's it's just that real nice orangey i don't know really maybe i'm just thinking orange and fire, (laughs) I don't know, yeah, which is one of those things, yeah.
0: Now you you said orangey, marmaladey kind of thing, they're all attributes, aren't they? Of let's face it, you've got your like you were saying, Fuller's ESB is kind of almost like the benchmark and probably the best known one, isn't it? Um, Absolutely, and I think Adam's broadside is classed as an ESB as well, yeah. But yeah, this is
2: maybe it helps as well because it's such a typical. Wet and windy uh, Maybang holiday. It's like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's it. Yeah, this is the beer for the day.
1: You pick. You picked so well. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I knew what the weather was going to be. Yeah, you, you yeah. are getting full credit for this.
2: Yeah. If it had been an unseasonably warm May bank holiday, we might have yeah. been like, oh, is it? Yeah,
1: a- this would have been <laughs> terrible. Yeah, we'd have been, uh, on the still would have been 100% <laughs> delicious. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. no, I know it's not really anything that the listeners can obviously experience, but the color is absolutely beautiful. It really is. It's like a sort of orangey, sort of like. Amber, I don't know really? Yeah, it's like an amber orange. Maybe it's my lighting, but no, it's absolutely stunning colour. It really, really is. Yeah. Um, salesman. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And,
0: and, oh, and, I did a- and your branded uh, Thornbridge glassware as well. And there's us with Sheffield indie beer feast glasses. Fantastic.
1: That is just as good in my eyes. There you go. See, we're okay. Shout, we're out, to <laughs> Shout yeah. out to Jules. Shout out to Jules
0: um okay so um let's let's uh, have a look back over the last month or two uh at the beers of the month and um vicky you want to go first yeah. on this one
2: yeah so um yeah i've gone for i've got doing a beer of the month and i'm actually doing an honorable mention as well this year uh, this month um so uh, my beer of the month is Deep Seeded from Glasshouse. Um, they always do a variant on. It's basically it's fruit beer, but they've always got different fruits in there. But it's nice and low. What is it? Three point 6, six, the
0: latest one. Yeah.
2: Um, they var- They do vary in their ABVs, don't they? But they're never super um, high ABV. But, um, yeah, they're just regardless of what fruit profiles are put in there, they're always just really nice and tasty there. For some of the beer beer purists, it might not like them because they're a bit like a fruit smoothie, but, you
0: know... I wouldn't say it was more like a fruit smoothie, but... I I think think this
2: one was. Well, it seemed to me to me, but whether that's because I haven't had one again for many months, I've forgotten what they're...
0: Yeah, I think (laughs) it's very important to recognise it's not actually a sour... It's quite rare, like now, to have a fruited beer that isn't specific, oh, okay. either kettle-soured or spontaneous fermentation or anything like that. No, so it,
2: if there is c- any tartness or sourness, just basically it is all coming from the fruit. They've not kind of done any um, fermi- oh, well. I'd don't believe they have done any no. additional fermentation or whatever but yeah it's always so whenever we've gone um to the tap house um in the past if they've got a fruit beer on that's always my my first one to go for so had to give that one a go and then honourable mention is for um people who know me this is going to be quite an interesting one because it's uh, the utopian and i've got to try and say this now sir fernay Specialani. <laughs> Probably said that completely wrong. 10 out of 10 <laughs> And the reason it's quite unusual for me is because it's a lager, almost specifically a black lager. Now, lagers, I can normally take or leave. I'm not, uh, I, d- I wouldn't say I hate them, but equally, if it's like I've got a choice of a lager or a, any other style, I'll always go for any other style. But when you handed that one to me um, a few weeks ago when we were on a chat with some friends, it was like, Oh, this is really good. So, yeah, that's why it had to be my honourable mention.
0: Yeah, it was good. It was about 5.9, wasn't it? So it's quite strong for a lager. Um, It was really really malty, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, So, yeah, that was super. That sounds
1: great. That sounds really great.
0: Um, So, yeah, um, my shout for beer of the month over the last month or two was uh, one from Siren, um, Granola Coaster. Uh, cacao and orange edition, um, which is a brown ale, um, which um, there seem to be quite a few of them uh, on the horizon at the moment and that uh, we've enjoyed. Um, and, um, yeah, this was um, really all about the kind of malt bill, uh, specialist barley, wheats and oats. Um, and then there was a granola blend of toasted coconut and dark sugars and uh, maple chips and, uh, and then there was cacao and orange in this one. And it was wow. like Terry's chocolate orange uh, in a beer. And it really worked. You could tell that the, the orange aspect was more like an orange oil, which is, I think, what they're using in like, you know, chocolate orange a lot of the time. And it was absolutely delicious. So that was my shout out for um, my beer of the month. Uh, and then the other one, honourable mention to uh, Sheffield Brewery. Um St. Mars of the Desert and their Jack Door Saison, um, which was just fantastic example of Saison style. And I've had some of their stuff. I mean, we're we're huge smod fans here. And um yeah, they just they just do some amazing beers. And I still haven't yet got to their tap room in Sheffield, but it's definitely oh, really? on the agenda. Okay. Yeah, it's on the agenda. Um so yeah, I wanna wanna get up there. Um so James, is there anything that stood out for you in the last month or two?
1: Yeah, there is, but I must say that siren sounds like a bit of me. It sounds absolutely <laughs> delightful. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, first one um, has got to be purely because it was like my first keg pint um, and it was Colonel Citra Pale. And right. it is just a banger. I mean, it's it's not any coast. It is just a classic pale. It's not West Coast or East Coast. It's just great quality pale. You know, it's pure balance all the way through absolute perfection when it comes to letting the hop shine. And, and it just went down so well because it was really sunny when I had it. And as we've like all my friends who had not seen for literally a year. Um, and it was just fantastic. So the sun having pints of kernel, um, which was just fantastic. And, My honourable mention is, now this is absolutely not my normal can of beer, um, because I generally stay away from things like this, but it was gifted to me by my friend Cam, who is from the co-owners and head brewer for Turning Points, and it is called Pink Matter Custard, um, something along the lines, and it is a pink custard pale ale. um, And I don't normally go for any, like, pales or, like, any lactose or, like, any... Sort of fruit flavouring in, but this just took me straight back to school dinners. Yeah. I cannot, I cannot <laughs> express how good it was and how much they hit the nail on the head. It wasn't too sweet. It was still beer, it was still balanced, but it... It just took me right back there. So I've got to take my hat off to them. It it was amazing. And I am going to be bugging in for another one. <laughs> yeah, Ryan, turning point there. But so um, so York are they? Up York. They're, they're Naresborough. So they was ah. based in New York, but now they have moved into Rooster's old tap room in Naresborough. So yeah. Mm. Busting out some great, great stuff at the minute. Fantastic guys, great brewery.
0: Cool, cool. Okay, so now we've been allowed out again a little bit. Um <laughs> Part of the show that for most of the last year that we've kind of skipped over because we haven't been on any hoppy excursions, but we have now just
2: finally did. Yeah.
0: Um so um a couple of days ago, yeah, we went into town, uh our local town, which is Warwick, and we went to a place called the old coffee tavern. And um, they got a little tiny courtyard garden, which is why I'd kind of overlooked them before. I just thought, oh, I didn't think they had any outside space, which is obviously the, the key at the moment to being able to open at all. Um, and, uh, yeah, we had a very nice pint of West Berkshire Brewery Maharaja English IPA, um, which is kind of more your traditional, you know, it's not your West Coast American kind of thing. It's it's more restrained. You know, I always think a benchmark of English IPAs is kind of like Worthington White Shield don't know if you can still get that or not actually but you know that kind of thing um and it, it was just nice to be out and drinking a cask pint again it really was well it's really like was. we
2: were saying when we were cracking this open wasn't it it was that whole thing of like as soon as pubs could open it was kind of like i need to get a good, i need to pint a cask but it was equally it was like it's got to be something that does something half decent you've got to know that they're going to keep it well what's their yeah. outdoor space like and a lot of our locals that are normally our locals are like, oh, well, they don't really have an outdoor space. Oh, well, mm. Mm. and then, you know, um, others that were okay haven't yet got anything that we were... you wanted as your first pint, really. That is they, one so? of the things, that, you,
0: you know, you get this thing where you just go, <laughs> I, I want to have a pint of cast, the pubs are open again, but you, you don't want to go somewhere where it's like a sort of, you know, five-day-old um, kind of, you know,
1: Know a nice average perfect, bitter.
0: it's been yeah, such it's a long be amount perfect. of time, yeah. yeah. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, we had something uh, pretty decent for that. So, uh, yeah, and that's brilliant. pretty much been um, the only place we've been because most of the places we go to are normally in Brum, and yeah, uh, yeah, we haven't really been up for kind of jumping on trains. And I don't know how busy they are or whatever, but you know, it's either Brum or going over to places in Coventry and stuff, which. At the moment, we thought no, we'd just keep it local. But as soon as uh, things well, for example, when when places can open up indoors, um, we'll be on that train and we'll be going to the
1: Colmore Tap because that's (laughs) one of our favourite places in Brom. I love it. I miss that place. I miss that place. It is Mm. beautiful. It's Mm. so beautiful.
2: Of course, that hasn't got an outdoor space, has it? So of course they can't open yet. No, no. No, they know. can and that, and that's but. the as you were just saying that about oh go to uh, we normally would go over to Brum and um, go to places and I was like just doing a mental tick list in my head then of all the places we normally go to and I'm like yeah but they don't have an outdoor space no it's they don't city, have city, you know yeah, it's a so. city
0: pub sit- yeah. situation yeah, yeah I was gonna say yeah. you find
1: that don't you yeah,
2: yeah
0: um, so. so yeah um, James so um, yeah I guess you've been out back to the pub since uh, the twelfth of April
1: I have <laughs> on on the first day. Um, mm. yeah so on the first day um i popped one of our pubs um just just so i could get that cask like jaipur um, and it's obviously the only thing with keg you know straight after lockdown um you know it might be old stock and whatnot which might be fine but i just wanted the freshest freshest beer that i could and i love Jipes. it was one of my first ever cask beers in fact it was my first ever cask beer um and I just had to get that jipes kick so i went for one pint and then i walked back in, into town but it was fantastic it really it really really was good stuff good stuff
0: let's just have another taste of this esb and uh let's see i think i think we'd got as maybe a bit too cold i think it's warming up now we took yeah. it out the fridge about half an hour before we started recording yeah probably yeah. took it out maybe a little bit earlier
2: yeah, it was all right for me it was all right from from the off it was uh yeah yeah it's so all the all the beers i remember drinking from when we first got together and you got me into beer and uh,
1: <laughs>
0: yeah yeah you weren't really a cask beer drinker before then were you
1: um no. although you like so what was the beer that brown. sort of turned it then? was it newkey brown is that what? well sort of- yeah
2: no what you see i was a classic newkey brown person i was before i met simon That was the beers I was on. All my other mates were on cider and stuff. And I was like, no, I don't like cider. So I went on to Nuki. I was on Nuki. Yeah. I was Oh, my.
1: (laughs) But you had some good (laughs) nights, didn't you? If you can remember. Jesus Christ.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So So, yourself. You you,
1: you were ripe for full conversion to cast, weren't you? (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yeah.
1: You had enough by that point, had not you? It's like, (laughs) get me off this.
2: (laughs) And also, those are the days as well. I don't remember it being in the fridge. It's like. uh, No (laughs) wonder. Yeah, Nuki Brown is always refrigerated these days. But, yeah, I know. Yeah. What's that oh. all about? <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, so I think um, I've only ever had one bottle of Nuke Brown. Really? And I was like, yeah, takes like, yeah. like, yeah, it off. Yeah, it's. I think it's times right.
0: have changed since it was. A, it was for me, it was a bit of a standby beer. You know, if you went somewhere and it was just like wall to wall macro lager, oh, it's a Nuke Brown in the fridge. It's like distress purchase. It's either that or Guinness.
1: Uh, ah, yeah. see, I was always Guinness.
2: Yeah. yeah. So. See, I, and I'm just trying to think why I would have gone for bottles of Nuki Brown rather than, um, like, going off the taps or whatever. But I wonder if it's that classic, if all my mates were having bottles of cider, it was that whole thing of, like, at least I'm drinking out of the same vessel, if you like, it's... yeah. It, it, it made me feel slightly less of an outcast <laughs> rather than going yeah. up and asking for half or a pint of something I wouldn't cool. say
0: outcast. I'd say maybe no, but- outsider is a more polite way of putting it, or is it?
1: I don't know.
2: Whatever. There's I-
1: nothing wrong with being unique.
2: <laughs> exactly.
1: I think it was clear of the cool one sat in the corner. nukey Brown, <laughs> 10 pints in. Happy days. Who <laughs> <laughs> needs a vessel?
2: Who go. cares how it <laughs> came? Yeah, <is> exactly. The- <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Get it down, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So, um, actually, whilst we finish this beer off, let's let's start off. Let's start off and ask you some questions. Um, Nothing too tricky, but the obvious one is: way back when, how did you get into beer in the first place? Was it macro lager? Was it real ale? What What was the starting point?
1: How much time you got? (laughs) So, a couple um... of hours. Good. Right. Okay. Where do I start? So, um, no, um, it pretty much started in Weatherspoons. I was sat on a couple of pints with my mates. There's just like three of us, and was just neck in fosters. And I was like, "This is shit," and I don't, and I don't like it. I, I've never liked it. I mean, it's great when you're boiling art and you've just got back from work or something, and you neck like a pint outside. But then after that, it just starts tasting horrible, doesn't it? So um, I went up to the bar and I. Was, so trying to scope if they had anything decent, like had anything decent, not like I'll know what it was, but um <laughs> I saw this like blue bottle in the fridge and we all know what's coming now, don't we? I saw this blue bottle in the fridge and it's a punk on it. And I like yeah. punk music and I did massively at the time. And I was like, Can I have that bottle of punk? And it obviously turned out to be punk IPA, Um and I took it back. Oh no, in fact, I think it was like two bottles for five at that point i don't know but um, i took two bottles back and my mates were like what is that <laughs> um and i poured it and i smelled it i was like oh gee what the hell is this um and i tasted it and it blew my taste buds out I, I was like this is amazing it tastes like umbongo was the only thing <laughs> that i could sort of describe as obviously yeah. when you go from macro lager, which tastes like sod all um and yeah. you go to on Bongo. Um it just completely blows your mind. And the funny thing is, is I gave it to my mates to try and they hated it. They right. absolutely hated it. And I loved it. And then after that, um, because I couldn't really find it because I moved from Grimsby that Um I went into House of Trumbly Madness and I told the guy that I liked like Punk IPA and he gave me a um, siren sound wave, he gave me Colonel Citra IPA and then like a few um like heffies, and that just completely got me into it. And, and you were then lucky I'll, that
2: you had somewhere like House of Triumphant Man- Madness to go into. If you'd have then gone, if you'd have moved anywhere else and gone, hadn't had somewhere like that, you'd have been like, well, just no, gone into didn't. a traditional pub, and
1: yeah, who knows what you'd have been. Well, the thing is, I moved to Sheffield and I didn't know that much about being there. It's only that I was on a day out in York that I went into there. And then, you know what, I, um, I thought I would then, you know, venture out into some more bottle shops. And the only way that I can describe this experience is, back in Grinsbury, where I'm from, we used to go to town every single Saturday. And there used to be this huge, vir- like, Virgin Megastore. We used to go in, and it used to feel like there were CDs, album singles, from, from floor to ceiling. That would go on for miles and miles and miles to the end of the shop. And that is the closest thing that I can put to to what it feels like when I walk into a bottle shop. You know, Mm -hmm. you go to a section, what you like, for it be like punk indie, whatever it may be, rock, I don't know. um, And you go and look at all the artwork and you pick it up and you turn it over, you read what's in it, you know, you read like a bit about the brewery and then you go and enjoy it and whilst you're drinking... You are looking at what hops are in it it's the same as you're listening you're looking at the lyrics and looking you yeah. know, who's who plays what and the story behind it and that's something that i've always compared it to i think um, it's amazing and i still get a buzz every time i go into bottle shops so it's great really no, i
0: think i think that analogy is spot on i've always said that you know like bottle shops are the new record shops just as record shops are kind of decreasing i mean i still get a buzz out of going to both because i buy a lot of records but um i love browsing uh you know bottle shops and uh and record shops so yeah. yeah absolutely absolutely somebody somewhere surely must have opened one that's both so you're, you're having a beer whilst you're kind of browsing the vinyl or whatever um that must be
1: yeah it sounds familiar <laughs>
0: yeah yeah if not I'll sounds like it.
1: an idea that i might have to yeah, <laughs> yeah. pursue so. yeah
0: so so yeah so obviously you you kind of got your, your journey into beer there so did you kind of bypass like cask bitters and stuff like that you went kind of pretty much straight from the lager route into kind of craft and ipas and stuff
1: yes and no which is a very confusing answer (laughs) um i actually so my first pint of um cask was i was going on holiday with my parents and my then partner at the time and my dad did just the classic dad things like Come on, kid, let's go and have a pint. You know, it's 8 a.m. And I was like, yeah, uh-huh. holiday. Um, and we went up to the bar and it's at Manchester Airport, and um and it was lager, 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 lager. And then like there was this like hand pull. I've never had handful before, but it just had a nice orange badge. Um, and I was like, Oh, I'll just have a pint of that, Dad. I was like, are you sure? And I was like, Yeah, yeah, I'll go for it. Cause I didn't want lager, you know. What's the worst that could happen? And I and obviously it was Jaipur. and I tasted it. Um and I was like, oh. And I hated it, and then I took another swig, loved it. <laughs> so it's right. um, it's like it shocked my taste buds at first, and then obviously that was my first ever pint of anything above what four point two percent. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, it really shocked me. I had one pint, and then I didn't have it again until about f- seven years ago, in the graduate in Sheffield, possibly, um, where I had it on keg, and I was like, "This is it. This is what it was." And yeah, it all came back to me. So. It's,
0: it's funny actually because you know you're saying sort of two real landmark beers for you is either Jaipur or Ponca IPA and so yeah. many people say one of those isn't yeah. they? They, they really are sort of gateway beers and you're down the rabbit hole then aren't you
1: yeah I know and what's really funny is those two beers link into each other as well mm. um with the whole you know thing obviously um Martin Dickie used to work for Thornbridge he was one of our first brewers and you know so on
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. No. So they're kind of intertwined a little bit. Yeah, he bit. went on
1: to do something very small. So yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I've N- never heard of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah,
2: Martin. Who? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Exactly. So um, <laughs> who knows? Okay. okay, so that's that's your opening chapter. Um, I think this is as good a point as any to um to maybe uh get into our second beer. So yeah. Okay, so we have got another beer in front of us now, and uh, I- I'm going to. Well, I was going to introduce it, but I'm not sure if I can pronounce this right or not. So I'm going to ask James to introduce it. It's a brown ale. This is Medici.
2: Medici.
0: See, I'd have said that wrong. I'd have said, oh, it's Medici. Um.
1: <laughs> I did pronounce that to my um, colleague. She laughed at me. So, so that, yeah. So I had to get it right for this. So no. Medici.
0: Right.
1: Medici. It's actually named after a pair of marble um lion sculptures and um, dating back to the second century ad wow yes um, expect that in a beer name do you no no um and we have a replica of one at thornish hall
0: let's let's get our noses into this beer and see what we think of it then so it's yes, yes. it's an india brown ale 7.4 percent
2: again it's definitely going to warm us up on a <laughs> on this lovely holiday yeah <laughs>
1: So this is really interesting. Um, so obviously you've got like the traditional, and you've got the hoppy. So it's actually hot with galaxy um, and Sylvency Goldens. So you're gonna get that fruity, and you're gonna get that floral. And I think the galaxy comes through really strong. I think you know you really get that you know pineapple-y sort of vibe. Yeah, it's a real sort of cross. like can- candied yeah. fruit almost.
0: Yeah, it's it's one. Of, it's it's like a lot of the. I mean, it's called an India brown ale, but I guess it's kind of like a lot of um, brown ales that have been brewed at the moment. There's sort of the American brown ale style, which is, you know, really quite heavily hopped as opposed to, like we were talking about earlier, Newkie brown or, you know, your your nut brown ales of years gone by. This has got a definite hop punch to it that sort of balances out the the huge malt bill.
2: Well, is that where the India bit comes from? Is that the India brown, like the whole India pale ale of like really... Hop the beers up to travel. A yeah, absolutely. Beer? Is that where it's coming from?
1: Absolutely, yeah, um yeah. So it's just like your c- a classic hybrid. I think it sort of uh, hits right in the middle to some of the newer aged India Brown Ales because um, it is st- still quite malty, but it is still hoppy, but not overly hoppy to the point of mm. being like a black IPA, sort of, um, or more like a red IPA. It's it's that classic sort of like line um that's drawn across but it's it's really really great this is actually one of my favorites actually and once again um you picked a bottle conditioned one um so it's got that real smooth like low carb cask vibe and yeah. um something that i didn't mention as well is um these are conditioned with champagne yeast. so all oh, right okay um, so that's really good and then obviously thrown in there you've got loads of munich crystal and chocolate malts as well and so it that gives you that real depth of flavor um no this is something that i really 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 love um and it's it's the first for me really to have like a a bottle conditioned Indian brown ale I, i'm a big fan yeah
0: yeah yeah it's great would this have at some point been on uh, at all in the past or is it a bottle only uh, product
1: um, so it was brewed um, from the early, um, like, 2010 onwards, I think it it would have been. So this was actually before my time, but I would imagine it would be cask, although it's quite strong. I mean, we do do yeah. quite strong cask beers. But, yeah, I think this on cask would have just been absolutely divine, really. Um, yeah. And that is a, a word that I, I don't think I've ever used to describe <laughs> anything. Yeah. Um,
0: I think if it well, was on cask as well, I think it would uh, put put you on your ass pretty quickly as well. <laughs> Drinking pints of this.
1: Absolutely, 7. but we 4. to 4%. do it, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so, um, well, no, it's, it's really sticky as well, so you get that real um, sort of stickiness afterwards, that's great.
0: Yeah, yeah, like a dessert wine kind of stickiness, yeah. yeah. yeah it
2: is, it is, it absolutely. Be, if it had been on cask, it might have been one of those like we were just talking about, oh, going for the first pint of cast for ages and you have <laughs> this. It'd be like you'd be trying to gulp it down to go, oh, but actually, would you really struggle with it? You
1: know? Oh god, yeah. yeah I think it's one of those where you have a half and then you go, Oh, I'm just gonna have another half. And then you go, Oh, actually, I'm gonna have another half. Then you've got about three pints. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, exactly. And it's like it's all right, I had it in halves. <laughs> so yeah. But it's so, definitely one of them.
2: We were saying earlier about um so I don't know whether we've, we've we've mentioned it on air, but um, obviously the late style was in bottle, the Medici's in bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously I know Thornbridge have gone into cans now, but is how come these are in bottles, not cans? Is there a what what defines what goes into bottle or can, or is it?
1: I don't know really. So I'm guessing it all. It depends on the batch size and the um style. The thing is because we're such a huge brewery now um and um such a huge scale when we can something we've got to order you know tens of thousands of cans at the time mm. um, which means that anything that goes into can has to be something that we know that we can sell quite a lot of
2: yeah so um, are these are more slightly
1: yeah so these are more
2: niche styles so therefore they're kind of better in bottles
1: yeah, exactly and obviously being cast conditioned um these are predominantly cast beers so we can brew on a much uh, sm- smaller yeah. quantity and obviously we still got the bottling machine and we can um you know it's quite easy for us to get on the bottles and labels um, as opposed to ordering forty thousand cans um at a time and yeah. yeah it's just a great little thing and i think bottle condition works better than can conditioned. um that's just my opinion <laughs> don't take my word for it but no it's um yeah it's um it's a good question actually it's a really good question
2: well, it is but it, yeah you're right it's definitely more of a thing is like we've we've all grown up with bottle conditioned haven't we but nobody really is um i is, mean
0: there's there's not many there's a handful of breweries that are doing can conditioned stuff i think uh more beers down in more Bristol, that's the
1: first one that i was gonna yeah
2: yeah,
0: for
1: they're, yeah they're the most famous ones for can condition aren't they
0: yeah um i think the only drawback of that is obviously with anything bottle conditioned you don't most people anyway, don't necessarily want to pour the sediment in, which if you're with a can, you're kind of like, where's the sediment? Oh, now it's in my glass. So there's a slight drawback with the uh, can-conditioned aspect
1: of it. Um, Yeah. No, definitely, yeah. And no one likes a um, a glass for the sediment, do they? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Especially when it's not meant to be there.
2: yeah Yeah. exactly
0: i don't know there's some weirdos out there that drink yeast shots after uh, they've poured out their beer but um
2: there you go yeah um
0: so yeah let's let's just move forward a little bit with obviously we've talked about your beer journey um obviously um you sort of make that into a kind of professional kind of situation by working at Thornbridge. Um, How, how did you start at Thornbridge and were you doing anything in the beer industry prior to that?
1: Absolutely not. Um, So I worked in a high street phone shop, um, the one with the turquoise and yellow color scheme. (laughs) Um, I know the one. (laughs) And basically, um, yes, I worked there. I did really, really well. won some, sales awards and whatnot i got to about as high as i could go and it was great you know um when it was good and all that stuff that doesn't really matter was good um but it didn't fulfill me at all and it got to the point where i just hated it i mean the people who i worked with were amazing one of my best mates ever he um i met him there and he's great and his he does really well but it just wasn't for me and then i I needed a stepping stone to do something else. So I made the absolutely ridiculous decision to go into recruitment, um, which I was rubbish at. Um, I, I'm just not that cutthroat enough. I can't be <laughs> the sort of person that they wanted me to be. Um, and so I decided to book an holiday, um, me and phone. We did like a little Euro trip and I was sat drinking a Coltion cologne right by the river when my friend texts me the job advert for Thornbridge Brewery right and I was like that is weird um that is a sign so I was like no 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 way you know they won't me blah 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 um uh, and my partner was like you know just, just go for it just go for it so I went for it and obviously got a response and then got called in for an interview it was a brilliant interview you know I just felt like I got on with the people straight away and they sort of got me and then I went back in for a second one. met the uh, owner, Simon, um, and we just properly hit it off. And then that's it, really. The rest is history. Um, and I started off as just, just like sort of sales order processing, whatnot, and then I started doing more and more and more and more. And then, you know, as the company grew, my position grew, and now I'm like a field sales manager, um, you know, covering Sheffield's Birmingham. So for yeah good it's really fun i get to do like loads of beer festivals with my friends you know it's just a bloody fantastic job and i'm really really fortunate
0: that's great that's great yeah yeah to kind of like you know take something you're passionate about and then Mm. get get into the professional realm of it as well absolutely absolutely so so in terms of field sales and all that sort of thing so this is like selling to the on trade and um i guess
1: talking to a lot of people uh in pubs mm. um yes yeah absolutely so uh, which is fantastic um but no basically i just look um, towards like any sort of obviously want like a permanent line you know any sort of permanent formage and i'm generally the person to go in and sort that out and make sure everyone's happy and get some sort of agreement and uh, that sort of boring and stuff <laughs> yeah, but it's so still cool. fun it's still fun but yeah um, i really enjoy what i do i really love getting our beer out to people and you know um people generally love it and that makes me really happy
0: no that's cool so yeah so you obviously like you're saying you've got a sort of defined territory then so it's, uh, sheffield down to what sort of birmingham
1: sort of way um, yeah birmingham absolutely but mostly it's sort of not starby um right now and then uh a few bits and bobs past that from time to time. But obviously, as the brewery grows and the company grows, I will then start going further afield when needs to be. And so on. It's just trying to reach as many people as possible and obviously keep all the great relationships that we've got with like your distribution. I and mean, you know, it's just obviously making sure everyone's happy and we're getting as much beer out there to as many people as possible.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, if you just come that little bit further south into South Warwickshire, where we don't find there's anywhere near enough Thornbridge on Taps, that would be absolutely sweet, you know.
2: Uh, I'm, go- I'm going to do the controversial I'll thing have here. a word C- yeah. yeah considering you're a Midlands brewery <laughs> oh no don't start that
0: one again we're, we've we, had the...
2: we always do the, I have to get that in there cause of the, for the Sheffield guys because they're like no 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 you're she- they, we're Sheffield Brewery it's like no 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 you're in Derby <laughs> You're Derby like, well, is kind of like East Midlands isn't
0: it
1: yeah it is but it still blows my mind that Bakewell is technically Midlands It just it's just <laughs> absolutely mental but, but then again I've from
0: so there you there go, you go. Mm. there you yeah. go so we'll, we'll move on from that geographical <laughs> conundrum uh,
2: uh, i think that might, that might get edited out yeah. simon's gonna be like oh she's off again <laughs> there's gonna be a twitter war. Yeah, war exactly
0: it's all publicity oh, yeah. all publicity is good publicity um so um so yeah in terms of um obviously thornbridge got their own um pubs in there's a few in Sheffield isn't there and there's one up in yeah, York yeah. and the Colmore Tap we talked about so what's what's yeah. your favourite of the Thornbridge pubs if you was just going to go out for a drink
1: um my favourite is the Stag's Head um which is in Salter Lane in Sheffield which I think is great I'm really good pals with the guys I mean everyone's super nice but it's because that's the closest really <laughs> um, Yeah, and also work from there quite a lot yeah it's yeah, it's great. And then further afield, I mean, I love all the taps in the York one's amazing, but something about the Brum one, um, that is, it, it just feels like as soon as you walk in, you're stepping right back in time. To like yeah. sort of 30s New York almost, you know, it's got that real sort of like mafia vibe, which, <laughs> sa- which sounds ridiculous. It really does, but it, that's a vibe that I get as soon as I walk in and, Like I'm transported back. I really do think so. It's crazy, really. Great
2: feeling. We've been there a few times now. Yeah. And I hadn't thought that myself when I'd gone in there, but the minute you're saying that, I'm like, yeah, you're so right. It's like. It is so Scorsese. It's ridiculous. Yeah.
1: Yeah,
0: Yeah, totally. And it is
1: so cool. It's ridiculous, really. Yeah. Brilliant.
0: We can't wait to to get back in there. So. Yeah, um, so in terms of just just one last salesy kind of question, because um, go on um, then <laughs> after after Jaipur, because yeah. we know that's obviously the best seller, What what is the best selling uh, beers on on cask and keg? Is is it Green Mountain something like that
1: or absolutely absolutely Green Mountain? So generally, it's Green Mountain and Lucas. Um, Green Mountain being the four point three. Session IPA um, and then Lucas Bin the Hell's Lager um, which is now gluten free which is great um, and then Astrid is starting to creep up now which is 3.8 um, Juicy Pale which is just bloody gorgeous and that's going in a lot of places Um, so that's really good but no I'd say Green Mountain as a brand is really really strong and um, on cask i've got to say you know it's the classics you know it's your brother rabbit and lord marples like your golden nail and best bitter yeah. because there's such solid styles and you find a lot of these um i say these but i mean drinkers like me and you um you know we're, we're finding ourselves going back to those traditional styles more and more now um as are a lot of craft and um, sort of beer drinkers um and you know Bitters and you know, classic gold nails are as popular as ever, and yeah, they're super duper popular, absolutely. And then we do Astrid on cask as well, which is great.
2: Yeah. And with your some of your bit your pubs and um places that take a lot of your core range, like you've just been talking about, when you then brew something that's a little bit more, well, I'm gonna say a little bit more unusual or your, mm. your your rare ones, but I'm thinking even just like something like Cocoa Wonderland or something like that. Do you find yeah. then they're a bit more of a harder sell to try and push into those places or...?
1: Not really, because we're always so limited and um, certain beers people are just waiting to come around all the time it's like we're constantly being asked about like Cocoa Wonderland you know and other styles and people are always wanting to try something new which is really really great especially on, on like a guest tap um and, and something that I'm really really proud about Thornbridge is you know I, I like to think that our consistency is really really good across all styles mm. so hopefully so hopefully that's what people think is when they do try a new style for us. Um, you know, whether it be a New England IPA, Standard IPA, you know, stout, porter, saison, whatever it may be, that the quality will absolutely be there.
2: So, like you said, they brew some ink. Well, I'm thinking again, like, what is it the Lucari, Lucaria range? Oh, Lucaria, yeah yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, You know, so say you get a new, um, they've got a, done a different variant of that or whatever, Salt it's like, like, yeah. Gets or, the thumbs up, um, yeah. Yeah, but sometimes you've done slightly different ones and whatever, isn't it? Is it one of those where you go, oh, we've just brewed this, which is brand new and we've never brewed this style <laughs> before, but... Do you want to give it a go? And like you said, because of that, you, you've got the name and the consistency. Yeah. Some places will take a, a cask or a keg or whatever and just give it a punt. And...
1: Yeah, straight away. Um, straight away. And obviously that's a huge credit to our customers because they're a- absolutely amazing. But they seem to trust us and we seem to trust them. So, yeah. yeah, Great relationship all around, really. But yeah. now it's fantastic, really. Couldn't be happier. You know, we've got so... the best customers ever.
2: So when, yeah, so when you had the the brewers kind of go, James, we've brewed this. Try and sell this. You haven't got to go there. You're not there going, oh, what? How am I going to go? <laughs>
1: yeah. Depends if it's a smoked bock or not. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's Rob, be a stop really- brewing smoked bocks. We <laughs> yeah, know you like <laughs> The only person all will have that is Simon. I like smoked beer. I <laughs> like
1: smoked beer. I, I hugely dislike smoked beer. I appreciate it. Now, don't get me wrong. I appreciate it, you know. I know people find it utterly delightful. Like um, Laura from Hopcast, she loves smoked beer. Um, and I can see why, but it just reminds me, this is my fault, this. Um, it reminds me of going to this wartime museum when I was a kid called Eden Camp, um, and it just smells like all smoked beer. Um, <laughs> um,
2: yeah, it's but, not good when you get flashbacks like that, is it? Yeah. <laughs> but,
1: but not as fun. Yeah. But... Uh, <laughs> saying yeah. that though I must say um, I had a tour side Roush wine um, once and oh, although it wasn't my thing it was it was unbelievable those guys are so good those yeah tour side so they're,
0: they're pretty much the UK masters of smoke aren't they really yeah. absolutely so talented yeah so um, obviously another part of your role is is like doing festivals and stuff like that and I know we, we saw you down at um, Beer Central was that 2019 I think <laughs> um yeah because I remember there's a, there was a big <laughs> it feels like so long ago
2: yeah um I it remember was. there's
0: a big buzz because I think you had bottles of Necessary Evil oh, and the yeah. word got around the festival <laughs> you know we were sat outside and there's like people coming back they're opening Necessary Evil everybody's like <laughs> yeah. taste the shots uh, uh, of Necessary Evil yeah. I think uh, which um that's that's one of my favorite beers ever
1: I think I was pouring that wasn't I yeah I was yeah yeah about-
0: um God. so yeah there's a real buzz all of a sudden there's like 30 people all turned up.
1: <laughs> um
0: so so that was great. Uh and Such obviously fun. um I think last time we saw you actually was at um Indie Beer Feast. Uh, yeah, yeah. Last it, yeah. March just before lockdown God. wasn't it? That literally just before. Yeah. About a week yeah. Or two before, wasn't it? Crazy. Um, yeah. Isn't isn't it weird cuz if you if you knew what you know now then you'd have probably gone do you know, what? I'm taking a week off work. I'm doing all the pubs I want to do now because I know I won't be able to for a year.
1: I would have partied hard, um, <laughs> yeah. as we all would have done. But no, yes, yeah. yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. I remember I was doing an event in Leeds and I took my pal with me. Um, it was a launch of Two Pillow and um, was doing at the craft asylums with salt. Um, and it's when you know some cases started to creep into the UK. And my pal was like, oh, it's just like the flu, we'll all get it and we'll move on. Wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of big time wrong. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. But, bless him, bless him. He remembers that now. I'm like, do you remember when you said that? You know. Well, there you go. Yeah.
0: So I guess it's. I mean, obviously, it's super hard work. I guess working at festivals, but it must be great, kind of like <laughs> chatting to people that's like big beer nerds
1: for a, for a weekend or a day or something. It is so fun, and and you say it's hard work, and it, it is tiring. But hard work, no. It's 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 really unfair for me to say it's hard work in comparison to what other people um do for jobs, you know. Yeah. It can be um obviously tiring and you know, are absolutely knackered by the end of it, but at the end of the day, you've had a blast and it is so much fun talking to people who have the same passion as you. Um, because the thing it's not just standard conversations, hi, how are you, etc. It's you know, these deep conversations about your beer and um and you get to know these people as well. You know, it's really, really great. Uh, it's something that I do, you know, hugely enjoy, and it's it's something that I've really, really missed. So I can't wait to get back out there this year. Yeah. I really, I really, really can. And just, and you know, the amount of friends that you make as well. It's like obviously you go to like nine, ten festivals a year. You know, you see all the same people from different brewers, and you've got like this separate friend group. It's, that's <laughs> you know, really cool, um, and it's just so great to see everyone. Yeah, and I missed them absolutely, absolutely yeah. missed them. I suppose we can't
0: really talk about festivals without talking about Peak Ender which oh, um, yeah we've been to twice. Uh, I think mm. the first one was in fact look I've got a glass of water here to rinse my beer glass out with which is actually one of the Peak Ender. Here we go this is uh, 2019, no, 2019 um, and we did 2018 as well and <laughs> I've never known a beer festival like it really because of the whole outdoor vibe and all of that sort of thing it's
1: crazy isn't it yeah Uh, it's just absolutely nuts it completely flips the idea of a beer festival on its head doesn't it really yeah um yeah um no it's really great fun and one of my favorite things about peak end in fact it it is my favorite thing about peak end is the taste intense. you know getting all that knowledge and you know getting to meet these master brewers and uh, yeah it's crazy it's crazy it's really great for like the inner nerd isn't it really yeah Yeah,
0: totally i mean i know we see you guys running around like crazy there kind of organizing (laughs) this that and the other and stuff yeah yeah, and tra- trying
2: to drain fields last time we were there. Isn't yeah, of course, the
0: great <laughs> flood last time. Yeah. Don't. Great
2: mud fest. Yeah. Do
1: not remind
2: me. Yeah. <laughs> you know what you were saying about you miss it? You know? Yeah.
1: I still got my Dots Martens in the back of the car. I don't touch him. There you go. I think I've grown crops on them. I don't
0: know. <laughs> I don't know if there was any reported cases of trench foot after that, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine. <laughs> <laughs> so yes that's great so um yeah hopefully peak ender yeah be back next year i guess um oh
1: no doubt no doubt yeah, yeah. so obviously we had to cancel it this year because quite a lot of our bar staff are young and they wouldn't have, have had the jabs yeah. um so it's just wasn't worth you know putting all that effort in for it to not happen yeah. and it was just the best thing for us really not to do it, it was only fair um and it and it killed us to know, call it off, but we just had to make a decision and I absolutely stand by it. You know, it's yeah. it's, it's definitely the right decision. I think, I think
0: everybody's experience of it if you've been before, you wouldn't want a compromised version of it, would you? You'd want to kind of no. of <laughs> no. go there gotta go all out yeah, yeah, just like it was. Yeah. So
2: and like you said, it could be that we get to August of this year and we'd be you'd be like Oh, we could have done it, but yeah, it's it's too much of a gamble, isn't it? And it's like, no, let's just leave it until hopefully fingers crossed everybody's all in a lot things
1: things are as normal as they can uh, be. Yeah,
2: not so yeah. yeah, it
1: just means that we've got to do it twice as good next year, so <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh well, <laughs> yeah, well we're yeah, definitely no, gonna book up for No next pressure. <laughs> <show>. No <laughs> pressure. <Yeah. laughs>
0: um So yeah, um the only other thing is and I don't know if you know much about this that um I did see something on social media about obviously you, you've got the Riverside Brewery and you've got Thornbridge Hall where there's there's a small amount of brewing takes place. Did I hear something about not any more brewing going on at Thornbridge Hall? Um
1: Yes, you did. Um so basically we moved our Hall kit to the back of the tap room. So that means that whilst you start having a pint, you can see the brewers at work oh, brewing nice. up a storm. So so it's gonna be great. It means that we could do um a better sort of brewery tour and you know we can get sort of more in-depth you know experiences within the brewery so that's going to be really interesting we're still going to obviously um have thornbridge hall as a part of our heritage which is amazing but um it's all going to be on site now Mm -hmm. um and it looks amazing especially I'm in the new tap room with everything at the back, and you can see it all. And you know you're going to be having pints, and you can smell it, all the smells, and you can hear all the sounds. It's it's oh, just going to be a great, great experience.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, cause, that's that's great. Because I just sort of thought, oh, that's a shame, not brewing there anymore. Because having said that, though, you know, we we went up to Thornbridge Hall to just have a wander around there last time we was in Bakewell, um, but obviously it's out of bounds for the public. So now being put in a position where people can go and see it smell things being brewed and be all part of that experience is great then
1: isn't it yeah it's really good it's like we're going to have like a new area for brewery tours where everyone can sort of sit in front and yeah it's just gonna be really really fun um and obviously that part of the brewery people were like i said missing out on um, because it was close to public so so it's going to be great that everyone who comes can see all aspects of the brewery and obviously that kit is um where thornbridge started you know that is the original kit so yeah
0: yeah. Brilliant. Oh, that's 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 going to be a great
1: part of a touring future then.
0: Yeah, yeah. and that's that absolutely. New
2: place that we saw. well, I think again, twenty nineteen. Did we just see the demolished land? I think where you. No, no. The do...
0: the tap room had moved to where we went after peak end last time. So is that the barrel store that you. Yes, would have the got barrel there, store. It?
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I thought but you it's... were
2: building a brand new place or something. No.
1: So we took over the. Um building next door well across the road well across the tiny little road and um, so it's next to the brewery still and we've got like a big tap room we've got the shop in there we've got like a big pizza oven right. you know um so it looks absolutely brilliant yeah. we've got like new signs up and um, decals and all the walls it just looks bloody great to be honest i'm um, i was so chuffed when i went in because i did it all whilst i was um, obviously off work and um, i walked back in and i was like wow this is amazing so yeah that's the great
0: is we need to go back
2: again, <laughs> <then>. yeah
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely but you knew that anyway Yes, yeah,
2: exactly. well, yeah,
0: exactly. Exactly. Um, so actually, yeah, I mean, you were just talking about um being off work, and obviously, the last year has been pretty uh horrific for the hospitality industry, as uh, aside from the fact that we've been in a pandemic that's affected everybody to varying degrees. Um, mm-hmm. and obviously, ob- you know, in your, in your role, I guess you kind of weren't in most of, of the last year, and a lot of you nice, nice. as well. Um so it's pretty much been a, a, a tough year. I mean, how how do you kind of deal with that and how do you sort of approach trying to see that light at the end of the tunnel, which fortunately has now has now happened, everything's kind of on the road to recovery,
1: but it must have been yeah. a tough time, yeah? It was because although we could see it coming, it felt like like all the restrictions came out of nowhere because it was very much oh it's nothing and then bang everything's closed you know this huge global pandemic which is quite scary in itself but then the thought of you know losing your job over it it's like um literally as soon as lockdown went in i was off work and i've been on some form of furlough now because i'm still technically on furlough because i'm working three days a week um, i've been on some sort of furlough now for a year or over a year sorry um which is absolute madness, but no, that first stint of lockdown um, was absolute worst because no one knew what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. But but yet you'd see like all your friends and brewers that you knew, etc. All those different things were happening to them. You know, people losing their jobs and being made redundant. Obviously, the whole ho- ho- said thing happened, which was terrible. Yeah. Um, and although farmers were great and they kept saying, "Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry," I couldn't necessarily accept that because um no one knew what was going to happen and i hugely suffer in an anxiety like i have done for a long long time now and during that time it just went absolutely crazy um luckily my partner was off as well so we had each other to support um and then she lost her job due to it all and then it just got really bad again um and so th- I think the main thing that we had to do is, you know, we just had to make sure that every single day we did one thing different, mm-hmm. um, just to keep our sort of brains active, just to break it up a bit. So you'd just be in this block of time that just sort of all sort of molded into one. Um, and as crazy as it was, the thing that sort of broke it up for us was one being creative, obviously, the music side, I think, was just great. You know, exercising was really important for mental health. But we subscribed to a food service and um, so you know, like Hello Fresh, um, for example. And we got that like five days a week. And that really helped us because that was the one thing that changed every single day. And, yeah. and I tell people that. And they're like, what? What are you talking about? it's like, no, that is literally what got us through it because it was something was changing every single day. But now, and I think talking to people as well and talking to my friends, you know, just everyone's going through this in some way or another. So it's just great to talk about it, just talk about your feelings, and just make sure that you've got that support network um, network around you because it is tough, and you know, it's fine, and um, to feel like shit, you know, yeah.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. I I completely get that with the whole. I can I can see that with the whole Hello Fresh thing, or you know, because it's like you said, what's the one thing that we all do day in day out is always like, oh, what are we having for tea tonight? What are we having, you know? And you always revert <laughs> oh, yeah, back yeah. to your, oh, well, we know how to make that, or that's in the cupboard, we'll do that. Whereas you get something like that, and it's. It's making you have something different. Yeah, it's which, a bit of a challenge. Yeah, and it's yeah. a challenge to cook, and which of course, and obviously, you think going out to like restaurants and stuff. Of course, <laughs> you <laughs> you get that normally, don't you? Because you're like, oh, that's yeah. on the menu. I, I, you know, I watched that on MasterChef or whatever. Or yeah. going out to restaurants. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> I forgot like, Yeah. Oh, I've seen that them cooking with that ingredient on that. Right. I'll have some of that. <laughs> yeah. So no, I I do completely get that. So you didn't... So obviously, I know in sort of summertime, things slightly opened up a bit. And then we had all that whole... In the autumn time, it was the tier structure. So it depended on, you know, where you were, as to what tier you were in and whatever. But you didn't go back in at all during that time then? So basically, I think
1: it was probably July to October was the normal zone, let's say. Yeah. Um, and I went back to work like three days a week, I think it was, and it was absolute chaos. You know, mm. it was almost like normal, and then obviously the tear stuff came in. And as soon as that tear tear bits and bobs came in, I was off straight away, um, yeah. because everywhere where I manage was um, locked down.
2: Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah. just Absolutely thinking about
1: everywhere, it was like because <laughs> yeah. yeah. just thinking what Thank you were you about what
2: what zones you what areas you covered i yeah. like yeah actually i think pretty much all of us we went <laughs> to tier three we were, didn't we, we, and, we yeah. yeah even everyone, everyone
0: yeah we were in the tier three gang <laughs> yeah. and, and everything shut down so we had an extra bit of lockdown where the pubs weren't open um yeah so yeah um I think, yeah, like you say, you know, you've got to focus on on what kind of gets you through things like that. And you say, obviously, having a creative outlet. Um, mm-hmm. And I saw on the Thornbridge website uh, a few weeks back that um, you'd, you'd put out um, your own EP, uh, which is uh, yeah. streaming on Spotify, yeah? So tell there us we go. There's your plug. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> never, thought anyone
1: would, never thought anyone would say that, but yeah. thank you for that. <laughs> thank you. Yes. Yeah, so basically, um, so we used to be a band... Um, in a band back in the day you know we uh, did quite well got signed all that st- stuff when i was super younger um and obviously didn't work out for every reason but i've always had guitars i've always written songs i've always done like sort of basic demos but i would never really got into it because i just couldn't be bothered you know life gets in the way you yeah. know same old thing and now all of a sudden i've got all this time and I've only got like this super basic iPad and and an app called GarageBand and I've got oh, a yeah, microphone. Yeah. And I just used to sit down like day to day and just record these songs and it just used to fill all my time up. And you know what? I thought, why not? I'm just going to do like a DIY EP and I'm just going to put it out there. So I sent it around to a few people. I sent it to Sam, actually, my boss, and he was like, yeah, this is really good. Let's do a, a, a blog about it. And I was like... I was like, God, I should have altered that mistake. Um Yeah, so we did that, really. Yeah. I know. Um yeah, so I sort of did that and it turned out to be, you know, (laughs) something that I'd actually wanted to do for a while and I put it on iTunes. And it was just something that um I just wanted to achieve something during all this. It was never going to be for any other reason than for myself. You know, I don't want to get buddy <laughs> signed up like last though. I just wanted to do something that I didn't think I could do. Um, you know, just that creative process, you know, really put my mind to something. And yeah, I'm happy with how it turned out, really, considering that I recorded it most, most in a toilet. Um, on, on good my good my reverb. Good reverb in yeah. the toilet, yeah. Good you know what, weirdly, terrible reverb, unfortunately. Oh. Um, yeah. <laughs> it is isn't ours anyway.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, the uh, cool. one was afterwards. <laughs> yeah, I thought, I thought bathrooms were notorious for having good acoustics, yeah. but you know, obviously uh, not.
1: We've not seen our bathroom. It's, yeah. uh, it's rubbish. <laughs> but no, um,
2: yes, yeah, so I'm really happy of it. You
1: know, it's been a nice thing to do. I've done it now. It's a tick off the list. And yeah, I'm just pleased that I got to sort of showcase it, you know, on the blog. And it's just nice to sort of put a face to Thornbridge in a way and so people can see what all the staff have been doing, you know. Mm. It's, yeah. I mean, it's no. nice to know yeah. that we are, you know, humans behind the beer, I suppose, yeah. and it's not just someone that you're talking to on the phone. So that's yeah, well, good. you got
2: Thornbridge Dom is um gardening, haven't you? So now, now you've got you and your, and your music, so, uh, yeah. Mm. yeah. What we're
1: going to form is a super group, so... <laughs> um, <laughs>
2: Yeah, Dom's going to be playing on a (laughs) marrow. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's great. Well, we'll we'll put uh, a. You've ruined uh, the surprise. (laughs) Yeah.
1: For God's sake. (laughs) There's me laughing like, oh my god, how did she find that out? (laughs) Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll put a link in the show notes because you're on you're on Spotify, aren't
1: you? So uh, we'll put a link to that. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Spotify, Apple Music, you know yeah like, if anyone know. wants to book me for a gig I absolutely won't do it so you're going to be playing you're going to be headlining Peak Ender next year surely yeah. <laughs> don't even joke about that yeah. because <laughs> <laughs> Simon was like yeah you're going to play and I was like nope he's <laughs> <laughs> like what about your old band and I was like maybe <laughs> no. I don't know I want to do it in some form as long as I get free beer so you know there you go yeah. we'll get we'll I'll get see it. what offers are on the table yeah, yeah. I'll take it from there <laughs>
2: yeah well that kind of Actually, the, funnily enough, that brings me on to what I was just thinking about you. Obviously, being quite into music as we are, and it's that, and and you're obviously into your beer as we are. When you go to gigs, do you not get really frustrated at the sometimes the uh, the lack of good beer choice? And are you do you ever go into salesman mode and sort of think, hmm, could I sell these guys some, <laughs> some decent beer?
1: <laughs> instantly, <laughs> instantly. But well, then I see. The big brand, I'm like, no, maybe not.
2: Um, it's not Yeah, isn't it? yeah.
1: yeah it's, so, I mean, it's so frustrating, and it makes no sense to me why um, more music venues haven't got better beer. It's like, obviously, um, Signature Bruco um, in London, yeah. they started the brewery predominantly to get better beer into venues, and it's just such a tough thing, because obviously wherever there's X amount of money and X amount of people, the big guys, the macro guys are straight on it, you know, putting shed loads of money in. So us, you know, sort of, independents don't get chance to even have a look in. It's really frustrating, but um, it's, it's yeah it's the world that we live in.
2: Even small pack. Do you find even trying to get small pack in there is, is tricky?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there are places you can do it, but the thing is most, you know, taps and fridges are tied. Right, you know, so oh God,
2: yeah. Do you know, I taps, I've thought of being tied, but yeah, I hadn't even thought of fridges being tied. I was just like, surely you can get a bit of... Um,
0: it's it's a rare thing to find a gig venue with decent beer the only place in fact it was the last gig we went to before lockdown actually we went to rescue rooms in nottingham yes yeah yeah got black iris on tap and i'm like
1: yeah decent beer on tap for the gig it's that's all you need in black iris yeah, yeah. yeah. great very great, great guys but no, that's fantastic actually rescue rooms Well, no, there is a uh, venue in sheffield actually called record junkie which is bloody great it's literally the upstairs of a record shop it's fantastic and um uh, A couple of friends are off to see a gig actually in September. I can't wait. But the Rutland is literally around the corner. All right. So the plan is to just go and drink a couple of pints of kernel and yeah. then go to the gig. And yeah. Yeah. that will do us absolutely fine.
2: <laughs> do you know that sounds so like us, isn't it? We do that's the, that's what we do. Yeah. We
0: find the nearest good beer place to a gig and we basically pretty much go in there, preload with, with some good beers for a bit, and then we go into the gig and we just drink water. <laughs> and then maybe and then maybe have a decent hydrate, pint, yeah. We, yeah, hydrate and then come out. And if we can just squeeze another one in before closing time, then we have another good pint. Uh, before we catch the train home, um, it's
1: absolutely the best way to do it. Yeah, you have nailed it with that. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah fair play, fair play, happy days.
0: There you go, there you go. Okay, I think um, I've finished my uh, glass of Medici. See, I can say it properly now. Now <laughs> I've now I've been taught. Professional, um, yep. <laughs> I think this is absolutely cracking. Really, yeah. really great. Um, brown ale just ticks all the boxes for me.
2: Yeah, no, it's going down very well for me. So yeah. Yeah. Superb. Yeah.
0: Okay. So we have got another beer in the glass and this time it is one in a fairly chunky 375 mil bottle. Um, and it's called mind games and it is a gym. Did I say gym? Yeah. <laughs> gin it, barrel it aged beer. <laughs> uh, That's treadmill. And, half percent, and i haven't even had any yet um <laughs> so <laughs> james tell us all about mind games <laughs> so this is a
1: treadmill beer uh, now um, okay so basically <laughs> this is a collaboration that we did with firestone walker so mark firestone walker's head brewer was based in belgium for a year and during that time um he visitors um visited us in Bakewell he was based at Duvel um and so him and Rob had a trip to Bordeaux um and they found some like freshly empty gin barrels that they really liked and we brewed a saison with them basically oh, nice. <laughs> um the end now <laughs> basically so it's this really great collaboration you know we just wanted to do a slightly different take on the saison um I would just want to do something really, really special. With these guys. Yeah. I so mean,
0: it, it jumps out of the glass, doesn't yeah, it? Absolutely. It's but, you're, you're getting that juniper note straight away.
2: Well, I'm I'm definitely getting mint.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah it's a botanical sort. Off, so, off
2: yeah. there, it's like, yeah, I'm getting not
0: not mint sauce.
2: No, well, no, we're <laughs> not getting lamb and mint sauce. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm just getting <laughs> lamb without the <laughs> mint. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there's but, sort
1: of three different yeast strains in there just to make it a little bit funky, and you know it's yeah it's just that like classic saison, you know, with that um, lovely gin character. It's been in barrel for in barrel for I think about eight months, so you know it's right. you know, really enriched. It's yeah, it's, it's absolutely lovely. Yeah,
2: it, it, it's it's also this is one of those things where one of those beers where you smell it and you're like, is that going to taste like it smells? And it doesn't. It's for me it's a little bit smoother than i thought it was going to be from from the smell and i'm definitely getting the banana and clove kind of classic saison characteristics but with that mm. it's slightly muted because of then like you said that extra bit of gin and yeah there's I'm, I'm yeah. rubbish at tasting notes as everybody knows but <laughs> it's, it's going so presumably no went straight into have you just done this in bottle or I presume this yeah, has not so gone into
1: They say a cask beer is
2: it well, it's definitely not a cask beer but has it gone into <laughs> yeah. keg or anything like that
1: no 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 so this is just in 375 mil bottle which is still available um, so you can still get some um, but like I said we just wanted to make it really special it's obviously five stone I just such a huge brewery that left an impression on us since obviously day one. You know, we've always been inspired by the big IPAs that they brew, and they've got, was at a great like barrel project. And you know, it's just one of those classic, you know, American breweries, like a poster brewery almost, isn't it? Yeah, um, is um, probably the best way to describe it. Um, so yeah, it's. It's a bit of a dream cola, to be honest.
0: Yeah, yeah, the legendary brewery, as you say. I know it's you know it's like the carbonation in this is like really fine bubbles, almost like champagne bubbles as well. Yeah, yeah so it so. would have
1: been champagne yeast, absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, which just gives it such a smooth sort of like, tingle mm-hmm. in your mouth, doesn't it? Really. Mm.
2: Yeah, I think that's that's it. When it's the
0: prickly carbonation.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, but it's it's very smooth. Like you said, in mm. the, the whole mouth feel,
0: it's all kind of. It's um.
2: It's I want to say I want to say oily, but I, and I don't. No, mean that. it's not oily. No, no. well, I, and and I knew as soon as no, I thought that you'd be like, I know what think, you mean? Yeah. yeah, I don't mean that in a negative way at all. It's just that whole. It's it's one of those beers that kind of coats them out a bit. So, again, we were saying off air about my. My favorite go to style is Nipahs, and I get a little bit of that yeah. with Nipahs. It's sometimes it's like it feels mm. like it's nicely coating my mouth mm-hmm. rather than mm. it being all sharp and prickly, which sometimes mm. you can get with a bit of like a West Coast or something. But
0: yeah, I no, think, 100%. Yeah, this is a it's, it's complex. There's so much going on here yeah. that it's very much a you know, you sort of sit there, you could spend an evening with a bottle of this, just kind of analysing it and watching a film or playing some great music or something. You know, it's a sipping beer to analyse absolutely it all.
1: Absolutely couldn't agree more. And you know what as well? It's like, if you close your eyes and have like a little sip, you get like this, like, smooth, like cream soda. Mm. Um,
2: yeah. I thought so it's the the mouthfeel,
1: nice. yeah. yeah. Yeah,
2: no, absolutely. Yeah. and that, Maybe that's what I meant more than, than oily. Did yeah. <laughs> you mean like SodaStream? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So
1: It tastes like olive oil Uh, (laughs) (laughs) with a a shot of gin. Um, No, it's it's really smooth. It's really delicate. It's really, really well um, balanced. And with any sort of barrel, obviously, you get like the oakiness, but you also get the vanilla. Um, I always get uh, vanilla from any sort of barrel aged. And I get like, obviously, a bit of like apple almost. It's... um, across the board really it's yeah it's definitely unique
0: i think you know with like a lot of saisons also, well it's got this almost as a hint of a cidery kind of mm. thing going on yeah. there 100%. Uh, and and all these things we've been talking about over the last couple of minutes it's kind of they're all that's what is so multifaceted, isn't it as, as a beer you can pick out all these different elements so it's
2: yeah well so <laughs> I suppose this goes back to what we were talking about earlier about getting half decent beer into um, music venues and whatever, and it's like, <sighs> yeah. But does your does your average music punter, they may or may not be going along to a music to the to the gig to listen to which may or may not be complex music, but equally, do they then want to have a complex beer to kind of have to digest at the same time as listening to music? So I suppose then it's a bit kind of like... Let's
0: be honest, right? Yeah. You're not going to be drinking <laughs> 8.5% <laughs> uh, gin barrel aged Saison next time you're going to your local O2 Academy.
1: Um, I quite like the idea of Saison and Radiot. Yeah. Is that, is that weird? Is that weird? Or, or like, because... I don't know, like um, some ridiculous like pastry style with kiss you know that, um, yeah <laughs> yeah that is a gig right.
2: yeah you're like radiohead something like that where you're like listening along and yeah, you are you know, beer you've is, got to it's like radiohead
0: in a glass actually it's as complex as, <laughs> yeah. as some of the your and latter then you're period a radiohead a and <laughs> you're
2: going, you know yeah. oh yeah yeah, this yeah is,
1: it's very similar to the kid a album. <laughs> yeah
0: the kid a of beers yeah <laughs>
1: There you go. Yeah. No, no one is going to know what we're talking about, no, no, no. and this is off straight onto Apple Podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers, Good listeners. Bye. Yeah. Cheers, everyone. Yeah. Right,
2: right. Sorry, sorry, James. I'm going to bring you back to work now. So, uh, <laughs> you've got another question. Get to work mode. um go on, then. so You've obviously said between um, uh, August and October-ish time last year, obviously, that you were back a few days and it was yeah, yeah. kind of mental and whatever. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's happened again since, what, March, April for you for now? Has it has it been as mad or has it been less mad because, in theory, we hope we're going to stay open and things are back to...
1: Yeah, so it's it's been... Crazy still. I mean, it's been crazier for our poor sales manager, George, um, because obviously he's selling beer to everyone, you know, distro, you know, making sure that the brew brew plan fits um, the amount of beer that we need, Um, because we are very close to selling out. But for me personally, um, quite a lot of the places who I supply have big outdoor areas. So Mm. my customers mostly have been fine. But um, obviously for the... um, like a guys, look after Manchester and London, you know, quite a lot of places are still closed. Um, yeah. so it's a really weird sort of time at the minute, um, and okay. because no one's 100% sure that things are going to open, and if they are going to open, every- everyone needs beer and it all needs to be planned in, and it's, it's never so strange, really. Um, so I feel for the people who are opening, because obviously they just need to sort of get all the boxes ticked really um but for me it's been pretty much chaos really um (laughs) yeah uh, yeah from start (laughs) to finish (laughs) basically i went all the way around the house
2: yeah say yes it's been mad yeah yeah (laughs) no it's been
1: nice though it's been manageable whereas the first time it it wasn't manageable because no one knew what was going on, and it was yeah. just chaos. Like go, go, go! Now it's a bit more structured, and we know where we're at. We know what we can supply, and we know where we can put it. Yeah. And that's the difference, really. Yeah,
2: yeah, and I suppose that's it. It's because it's going us it's going back to the coffee tavern, and they were saying we well, were asking the guy there. It's like, how's it going? And he's like, yeah, yeah, it's fine at the moment because it's like you it's outdoors and it's maximum of six and it's like that's all there is and he he said a th- point he said the next rule change in may could make a, that could be where it gets confusing because of course it's six indoors and 30 outdoors or up to 30 outdoors and it's kind of like oh god and then i'm just and then it got how me thinking like yeah, yeah how do yeah. you manage that and then from the pub's point of view so obviously they've had at the moment if they've got outdoor space, brilliant. Obviously, mm. they are very much weather dependent. So, yeah, how do they manage how much beer they need, especially on casks, because obviously then you can't keep it. So it's like, are they going to sell it? Are they are not going to sell it? Um, again, interestingly, the coffee tavern had only got two... They
0: were running two cask beers two at the cask, time, which I think is a sensible thing to do. four or something? Yeah, they, they used to have four on, but why minimal wastage, yeah. Why Westage, yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: Um, um, then you've got... Yeah, and then... Yeah, so then you're back to the the next thing is like, okay, so what's our capacity, gonna, p- capacity going to be when we've got this next step change of like, we can only have so many inside and, oh, yeah. It's, it's tricky. I <laughs> and mean, I, then I saw an how article... How much do you guys have to sell? and Yeah,
0: yeah I, I, I saw an article in The Guardian the other day that said some <laughs> pubs had actually run out of beer because it's been yeah. uh, until today it's the weather's been okay for the last week or two so there's been this massive demand and some some pubs had actually run out so it's
1: yeah absolutely i mean to be honest no one knew how much people were going to drink when the pubs opened mm, yeah. it turns out that they drank a lot <laughs> yeah. um, and and it is it's, it's crazy but obviously people are genuinely getting it out of the systems and yeah. now it it is slowing down hundred percent it's slowing down um obviously there's been a bank holiday as well which helps a little bit but it has been terrible weather like i said but no it's um i think obviously look, like when the pubs do open it's just gonna be you know t- take it a week at a time you know you can't really do much more because no one really knows what's gonna happen um and how to manage it we've just got to try and adapt and plan as best as we possibly can just to make sure we have enough beer so well, that-
2: and that's it that from their point of view from your um your pubs they're like what do we buy how much do we buy where you know y- you're trying to sell it's like did they, are they going to take it are they not and then obviously you've got the other thing where you've got mm. as the brewery as well it's like well how much do we brew if we brew this <laughs> and if we brew this much in cask are we going to be able to shift it are we not are we getting it
1: yeah exactly really and it's quite a scary thought um because i've got quite a lot of customers who've got permanent thornbridge on at all times and that might be their house paler or their main lager or their this or the other and if they can't get their main beer yeah then they haven't got any to sell yeah Yeah. so um you know managing expectations and managing obviously the
2: the
1: sort of like brew plan and everything that's it's
2: really tricky yeah, yeah, very tricky <laughs> uh, at the moment, yeah. And like you said, the biggest thing is never underestimate the great British public for... <laughs> great, no. I can't talk now. The great British public for... That's 8.5% you know,
1: you know, on YouTube <laughs> <now> before.
2: <laughs> exactly, 74 followed by 8.5%. five. let us
0: cut to the local catch-up.
2: Quick. <laughs> 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 so <laughs> you can
0: have another mouthful of uh, 8.5% Saison. Um... Right, so there's only a couple of little things this time around. Um, I think we mentioned them before. de uh, D'Amore Micro Pub in Coventry is finally opening on the 19th of May. So they're waiting until the restrictions of ease to allow indoor drinking. Um, I saw on their Instagram the other day that uh, they have got some tables outside, but... Is so few, it probably hasn't been worth opening up until the relaxation of the indoor drinking part of it. So um, it's worth kind of checking them out if you're in the sort of Coventry, West Midlands area. Uh, another thing is the Drawing Board Bottle Shop, who we've talked about before. They're down the bottom end of Leamington. Uh, they are going to extend and become more than just a bottle shop. They're going to have a tap room. They're extending into the next building. And uh, they're also opening a food outlet in Lemington called Magic Wingdom which is going to be like, I think it was like chicken wings and bow buns and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and they're probably going to have some beers on tap there too, so that would be interesting. And um, our friends over in Twisted Barrel in Coventry, um, their tap room is now open outdoors in Fargo Village. Uh, no bookings, so you've got to turn up pretty early to, to be assured of, of getting a table there. Um, but they're opening, uh, I think it's seven days a week now that they're opening, um, unlike previously so definitely worth uh nipping in there if you're in coventry and uh grabbing some of their beer so that's that's what's happening locally not not a massive amount of news but obviously you know the hospitality industry is just kind of waking up again really uh from its slumber um so you know
2: and again semi well kind of local for us i suppose colmore tap are they waiting are they going to open up on the 17th
1: as far as i'm aware yes Yeah. yeah yeah eagerly awaited the cask ready yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: That's it. Cask Jaipur, uh, Colmore Tap. Cask
1: Jaipur. Get the train to Magic Kingdom. Happy yeah. days. There you go. There <laughs> exactly. you go. Yeah. yeah what? All... What a great name! I just can't get <laughs> over yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Brilliant.
2: We'll we'll let you know how it. Uh, yeah, yeah. We think of it when it does open. So yeah, it's there only a few
0: weeks of opening, I think. Yeah. That's so amazing. So just to go back to this beer, then just let's have our final thoughts on on this beer and and the others actually um i'm absolutely loving this mind games i think the gin barrel just adds that slightly different angle to a uh, to a saison and it's funny to think that you know saison obviously was originally a style brewed for the for the workers in on the farm you know low abv uh drink a shed load of it to hydrate and now we're kind of Eight and a half percent, you know. I mean, you wouldn't do too much work in the fields in the afternoon if you had some of this at lunchtime, would you?
2: <laughs> Definitely not. No, but this is, uh, I think this is quite a nice Might not, not be as
1: accurate, would it? Work?
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'll Once be you doing something, a, I don't know what,
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> Once you've had a full day's work, I think uh, you'd be oh, yeah. happy to uh, sing this. Yeah, you might not get anything done for the rest of the evening then. but Or uh, the next day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's another one of those where i'm getting a slight bit of alcohol burn from it so i might if i was doing a blind tasting on this and you were saying to me what's the abv i might think it was
0: what a bit higher Yeah.
2: well no i, I don't think i'd think it was as high as 8.5 yeah, it, it definitely warms more kind of the of like six. Yeah. yeah but yeah it, it does hide its abv a little bit um hmm. i think
0: yeah and uh yeah i think my my favorite of, of the three is probably the mind games but followed by the uh, medici the because i'm a sucker for a brown ale i think that yeah. is absolutely spot on um the thing the thing with these beers is of course is that they're not core range are they so it's kind of like drink nope. them nope. while you can get hold of them
1: so exactly and we've got so many more beers coming out just like this with um, we're trying to do more and more of the bottle conditioning so you should see like one or two a month possibly and then with different 440ml cans and different bottles, you know, um, especially different bottles, you know, 375s, just lots and lots and lots coming. Um, So definitely keep your eyes peeled. And you know what? If you want to try a thing, just join up to the beer club. It's amazing.
0: So, yeah, we hadn't talked about that, actually. So the Thornbridge Beer Club is like the the box that turns up, it's like a monthly beer subscription, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. So, and the stuff in that that is not core range
1: and and isn't normal beers. So every single month there's one beer that you get a couple of um bottles of or cans of that are just for beer club now not only um, do to get that but you also get to buy them again um online whereas no one else gets access to them you also get a discount as well and um, just for being in beer club and each month it's um i'd say about 12 to 15 bottles um and cans in the box um sometimes you'll get like a pair of socks a glass you know there's always different bits in there um we send you a birthday prezi on your birthday so let us know that which is really cool um wow you know that's what cool. it's, yeah. it's 40 quid delivered which that's is madness good, yeah in regards to value it's great and obviously that gives you discount discount across the website as well and it is so exciting i mean Even for me, I I get so excited when it turns up, and I'm opening it as quick as I can. (laughs) And it's uh, it's eight AM, and I'm like, God, I need to get this out in the freezer, to take pictures of it. But no, it's really cool. And you know what? We've really, really tried to hit all these different styles. You know, we've got some great collaborations coming up. I just I I can't really mention them. I mean, the next one's with Track, Um, and then we've got a couple of different collaborations every single month, up until Christmas. Um, different variations of different styles we just released a style called pardas so there's going to be different variations of that which is going to be amazing and you know what we've really really pushed the boat out and i think people are going to be really shocked you know we've gone for the super tr- traditional styles but we've also really pushed the belt out with different styles as well and it's it's super exciting it's really really exciting that
0: sounds great that's that's you know, if if not just for the socks, uh, there's some great beer there too. So uh, I think I'm gonna exactly. have to sign up for that. Yeah, it's that really good. Amazing.
1: Yeah. And also once a month for, we send out like a Zoom invite and we do like an online tasting as well, which is super fun. So that's always really good.
0: Yeah, that's that's it's kind of covering every angle, isn't it? Really, it feels yeah very exactly. much like a club feel. You know, yeah, to to have that extra. You know, tasting aspect to it as well So that's, that's great It's Excellent. great, it's
1: great to discuss beer, isn't it? It's really fun to discuss beer And everyone's drinking the same thing It's just it's a, Yeah It's a great sort of community thing Just like craft beer is and it's, Yeah It's a real ale is, yeah. yeah Yeah Excellent
2: Excellent say, it's, it's almost like Back to your festival days again But this time online, really It's like, yeah, yeah.
1: On the line, yeah Yeah Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <It's> a- <laughs>
0: Okay, well, I think we've got a bit more of this to finish. So we shall, uh, I think it's time to to wrap things up whilst we, we finish this uh, rather big beer for a school night. Um, so yeah, um, James, thanks ever so much for joining us. Really appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute blast. It really has. No worries.
0: No worries. So uh, thanks everyone for listening. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast so that new episodes will always appear on your listening devices. Um, Please leave a review as this really helps other people to find us, especially as you probably have a bit more spare time right now. Also, a quick plug for my Mixcloud show, Pink Noise. I'll put a link in the show notes. That's a right old mixture of different kind of tunes and stuff like that. And also we'll put a link in the show notes uh, for James's uh, lockdown sessions um, you can find us on all the usual socials Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and even old fashioned email. Uh, and uh, yeah, stay safe and we'll see you on the other side. Cheers. Cheers. Yay. Guys, that was so much
1: fun. I hope I've not been too blabbermouthy. <laughs> <laughs>